Welcome to our classroom. In this space, we talk about education, which is inclusive of, but not limited to, what happens in schools. Education is taking place whenever and wherever we are willing to learn. I am your host, Roberto Germán, and our classroom is officially in session. Peace, y'all. Back once again with a bonus episode. This is the fourth and final part of the Blackness Mini Summit. Today's episode features Lorena Germán and Tanisha Foreman breaking colorism all the way down. Well, so it is nice to meet you here virtually. Um, Britt was like, you have to get Tanisha on. And I was like, oh, okay, then I suppose. Um, and she pointed me to some stuff. So I'll bring that up, something that she said you wrote on one of your blogs, and we'll get there. But can we just start with like, Hi, how are you? How was your day? How are you feeling? How uh, like I am doing going? well, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very tired. I'm going to tell, you know, this is my first year being a principal. Um, leading while Black right. is not easy. Leading in your truth is not easy. All of the things. Pandemic. Leading in a pandemic is not things. But I am equal parts feeling really excited to be here and tired. And, you know... My Black History Month is feeling like Black. I'm going to shout out my girl, Amelia, who's out there. Um, she has some things planned with Sankofa <laughs> Learning Center, which I'm really excited about. So uh, it's, a, it's a good yeah. time right now. Yes, it is. It is. That's great. That's good to hear. I know I, I've i seen some of your posts about you transitioning to be a school leader, and I was like, <laughs> that's what it is right there. <laughs> you know, that's really good because we get too many people who – I'm gonna put it this way. They don't do very well in the classroom and they think that they have answers for mm. for management, for leadership. And it's like, well, that's yeah, not exactly it is how not. this works. It is not, I'm <laughs> it's you. not like learning a lot, living right? every day, and it's it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm happy to be in conversation with you and you know, I, I'm happy to talk about colorism. I feel like it's something that only recently has become an issue in the mainstream conversation, but it has been an issue within our communities from mm -hmm. the beginning of mm -hmm. the concept of racism, right? Um, because our proximity, there's this line in our proximity to blackness and or our, or, or our proximity to whiteness mm -hmm. is really what determines your quality of life. So can you just can you just maybe start by giving us a definition? You know, so so much of what I've learned um, comes. I gotta give him another shout out to Dr. Sarah Webb at Colorism um, Healing. Learned so much from her, but I would say that it is like prejudice or marginalization of people based on skin tone, mm -hmm. in which lighter skin is preferenced and privileged. And this usually happens between mm. people within the same race. Right, right, right. And, you know, what I think hurts up so much about that is, mm -hmm. you know, that, that phrase, it be your own people? Yeah. And that just hurts extra, right? Because, mm. like, I expect it from these other people, mm -hmm. but then it's happening right in here. You know what I mean? And, and then it's like, I'm saying yeah. from no one at that point, right? 
Um, and obviously, I'm much lighter skin on the spectrum. Um, and even then, I've, I've experienced some mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm just like, it really don't make mm -hmm. any sense. <laughs> it really don't make any sense. Um, which is why it just affirms that this whole concept of race and color and all of that is just so, mm -hmm. it is so unreal, right? It's such a farce that we all get lost in the sauce because it just doesn't make any sense, right? It is unreal and it's not biological. It has real effects mm -hmm. and it's a real problem, right? So I'm not trying to say that, but trying to make sense of it and creating these categories leaves us all in the dust because we're working yeah. off of life, you know? How do you, if if at all, how do you surface some of these conversations? Yeah, in your you know, I don't know if it ever comes out like directly, like, hey, y'all, let's just actually talk about colorism. Right. I think it comes out in what I notice <laughs> and what I've noticed across my career. Mm -hmm. It is um, little black girls always standing in the shade, right? Like if, if PE is outside, I know that my black girls are going to find any little piece of shade to, to stand in. It is in like the mm -hmm. social hierarchy mm -hmm. within the school. So when you start thinking about who is right. popular and who is not, and, and if you look at that, like who, right. like how, how those relationships are defined, yeah. it usually is across lines of color. Um, and so it's more so just talking to individual students. Like I have for, for Black History Month, for example, one of the, the um, homerooms is doing like what I love about me. And kids were like struggling with what I love about me. So I like, went around this homeroom and said one thing that I love about every one of the kids. And then one of the girls, yeah. I've never, like in my heart, it just like hurt. She said, what do you love about my, my like outside? And, and like, and in that moment, I'm like, mm. this is, this is like a colorist comment. Like the affirmation that she is yes. asking for about who she's becoming and who she thinks she is and who she sees. And so it's not necessarily the, the bigger conversation of like, hey, community, let's talk about colorism. It is in those micro moments right. where like I'm realizing and noticing the habits mm -hmm. and actions of kids. Right. Yes, yes. And you know, I, I think that what you're saying too is, is a lesson, even in mm -hmm. just how we talk about race in schools, I think so. There, I, I'm sure you've heard of the book by Matt Kay, um, "Not Light But Fire," where he talks about how to teach about race. And he wrote this article some months ago where he talks about the the race conversation, if you will. Right? Mm -hmm. It's not a one-time home run. It's all mm -hmm. those little hitters, right? Um, and I just felt like that metaphor really worked because that affirms what you're saying that this isn't a one-time mm -hmm. the colorism conversation. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you were absent, well, you just missed it. <laughs> And all the lessons that were going to be learned happened on that day, but that this is embedded in your practice, that anti-racist teaching, because that's what colorism is too, right? That anti-racist teaching is a practice. It's a marathon. It's how I walk in class, not the lessons necessarily mm -hmm. that I'm teaching you on paper, right? Um, so Britt was like, she has this blog about this one girl and this colorism thing that happened. And I don't know if that, if you remember or you know exactly what she's talking about, but she convinced me to ask you. And I was like, oh my I goodness, ask tell her. Britt. Uh, thank you for the shout out. And I have like so many moments, like a moment happened this week. But you know, yeah. well, I'm talking Go about the, the girl who's what, what do you like about my outside, you know? And oh yeah, 
that's that question though for real yeah though, for like Tanisha. a, a like, sixth that's grader a who's just sitting there trying to make sense of the world and trying to like find her place but yeah. i think what brit is referring to is just like the story of like what it means to like run from the sun you know essentially um yeah, yeah and yeah, and so much of that is, is just like rooted in like not feeling comfortable and it's like my own story of when I when when we say that this is like ongoing mm. work as a full grown woman, like I share this with the students openly, I still have to do the work. Like when I go somewhere and it's outdoors, like this this I, we visited Hawaii and I was I had to do all of the like the I can be in the sun, I'm gonna be okay, like mm. all of the deep breathing and and I share this openly like with kids oh. or whoever because sometimes I think we tend to be like I'm gonna tell a student. Like your skin is beautiful, it is rich, it is gorgeous. And then all of a sudden, you're just gonna be like, okay, I got this rich, gorgeous, beautiful skin and I'm okay. And that is actually not my story. You know, I think my story is still the ongoing self-work that I have to do and it, and it varies based on spaces that I'm in. And so I share this openly with people, right. my friend groups, my like, like it's like inner work. Um, so for all of y'all who are joining right now, y'all getting like my inner inner self um, actions that I take, which is the yeah. affirmations of like the deep breaths that I take. If I'm going to an event, it's going to be outdoors. Like me thinking through um, spaces and places where I feel more or less comfortable. And a lot of times that has to do with like, you know, my hair, if, if my hair is not done, like for real, it's like my hair is not done, I won't go anywhere. Um, if it's going to be outside, I really have to like do like, mm. like okay, babe. I tell my husband, like, I need you to, to be there and stand with me. And kids are experiencing this and don't have the language for it. And they're feeling really, like, they're, they're, like the, the young lady who said, um, what do you like about my outside? I can imagine how she's feeling every day. And I was like, what do you mean, you know? And she's just like, do you like how I look? And, and I'm just like, you are beautiful. Yeah. Like, all of the things. And it's just, like, also telling her the truth of, like, this is this is something you won't have to, like, you don't have to be okay with and it's something that mm -hmm. i struggle with and when you tell little kids as like a big person an older person that you're struggling with it i believe that they identify and they believe you more than that fake and phony like you look good and you know like whatever but it's just like i'm working on it too so just as much as you're asking what do i like about your inside just your outside just know that i'm asking myself that on a day-to-day -day basis and that i have to be okay with what i look like and so wasn't actually the story. Tell Brett that, uh, you know, I'm going to tell that story again one day, but it is just like the truth that I sit in in living with this rich textured um, complexion. Yeah, I mean, I think part of what you're saying, too, is that it is it's mm -hmm. something to be modeled, right? Like, these are conversations. And, you know, we could sit here for another hour and talk about how this mm -hmm. plays out with the Latino community, right? Like, it's a issue um earlier Britt was talking to roberto and so for those that are joining you can check that one too and and obviously colorism is going to come up and talking about the diaspora and blackness within the latinx community um but you know what what you're explaining about this is like there's the layer of dealing with it right like dealing with the colorism dealing with the internalized messaging that has been heard and from the current external messaging that is coming in explicitly and implicitly, right? Um, and also the the modeling. So that like there's this this layer 
all this mm -hmm. burden is what I'm hearing too, right? That like you're you're dealing with it, you're walking with it, and you're modeling it, and you're having to live it out loud. I mean, you don't have to. You're choosing to do so to the benefit of everybody around you. Um, but I'm just hearing that this is also very exhausting. <laughs> this is because of that ongoing piece. Um, what do you think is is misunderstood for for folks that are much darker complected? Like, what is the oh, this is such a uh, a deep. Oh my goodness! I feel like I just want to huddle like all people together. I see somebody talking about how pervasive it is in the Latinx community as well. I feel like. Yeah, okay. no, I'm like, trying to get I feel there. like there's, there's a big, a bigger misunderstanding that this is not like a, oh, I just, it's a perception of like who I think I am. The misunderstanding is not, it's just not as, it's not like me having some type of like lack of self-confidence in who I am. And that if I'm more confident. That, it, that it's not that. Yeah, it, that, that's not the thing. Not and it's just like, right? like when you look at colorism, there are right. real impacts on the outcomes of people's lives. Right. And so if it's true that like, Correct. oh, you know, you just need to like believe in yourself. Believing in myself is, is very different than being able to pay my bills and having access to opportunity because of how I look. Getting my yes. job, getting that promotion, getting hired, right? Being seen as having a valuable yes. contribution. Yes, all of those things. Space. And I think that Correct. that is, is like <laughs> the, the misalignment there. Um, and I think the other thing that sometimes I right. misunderstood is that I do believe that this is a conversation that needs to be held within community, mainly because so much of what I've learned mm -hmm. and I've internalized about who I am, I learned in a family that I would consider to be very loving and nurturing, right? And that's just mm -hmm. like, you know, I watch my mom wear like a shade of makeup lighter. I heard... Mm my grandmother's mm. being like you don't get too dark mm -hmm. in the sun i'm like but i'm you know i'm like my, my skin is like I, mm. these are the messages that i got from the people who i'm like right these are the, the people who i love the most and it's like the mis the, right. like the misconception of like oh this is only coming from people outside it's like there, it's a lot of different places and spaces right. where i'm learning about and receiving messages that are having impact on how I'm, I'm like accepting myself or what I'm thinking about myself. Right. That's why I said at the start, you know, that like it be your own people, and that's why colorism hurts so much because it's not. It not only is it an in-group issue, right? Like Dominican, we do it, but it's yeah. also like, and it's your auntie, right? Like it's your grandma, um, and so that part I think is really painful, and why it goes deeper than. Oh, yeah. let me just tell her that her hair is pretty. No, it's like I was always shamed because of how I look in comparison to this cousin, for example, right? Um, and you're right that there's a lot of in-group conversations that have to happen. I think one of the painful ways that, that I have been more and more proximate to this conversation in particular was after marrying my husband who's dark-skinned. He's Dominican and he's dark-skinned. And I mean, the number of times where we will go somewhere and where there are other Spanish-speaking folks, and they'll speak to me in Spanish, but refuse to speak to him in Spanish. And just assume, mm -hmm. because that's the, the weapon is, oh, you're so dark, you must be a Black American, and so you don't speak Spanish, so let me just hit mm -hmm. you with the English, even though I don't even have it. And you'll see them struggling with that English, and he's talking to them in Spanish. Mm -hmm. But it's that resistance to that reality of accepting his Blackness as part of his Dominican identity, like, all of that is at play Damn. by you just not talking Absolutely. to him right now. 
Because then they mm -hmm. turn to me and they're talking to me in Spanish. So like you, you are concluding that I can mm -hmm. engage with you, right? But that you cannot. And so dealing with that all of the time and seeing that um, just opened my eyes to the ways that language is involved in that transaction too, right? That like colorism and, and being black enough or being Dominican enough or being whatever enough has has all these other like kind of yeah absolutely you, you know, know it's I'm just saying? almost like you no. we have these categories in this country where it's just like okay you're black and you're dark skin you can't be x y and z therefore i'm gonna treat you like a b and c mm -hmm. and which is like you can't look at somebody and like determine those things which makes a ton of sense you know i grew up in, in miami and i and i feel like it was like a gift because i absolutely love miami and it also is like a part of like why now, wait, are you in, in Florida now? Connecticut. Oh, yes. girl, it's cold up there. But I like I it's hear everything you're there. saying because like <laughs> I think that like the Afro-Latino community, like this is I was watching this episode of like um what is it called? It was like the Red Table Talk the Estefans. And they were talking about colorism. Oh, and yeah. I could just see and yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'm like, already. Well, like, you know, um, um, Amara La Negra was on there and she was just laying it down, like laying it down. I was like, okay. hello. And she was taking right, like, fine. like no excuses. And I just really appreciated it because it, it was like okay. almost what you were saying, like right, about fine. how your husband, people look at him and are like, oh, I'm putting him in this box. He must be black American. There's no way he speaks this other language. Mm-hmm. And I and that's what I'm I'm you know, I guess that's what I'm trying to articulate here is to your point that colorism is is much deeper than simply okay. self-perception, right? There are other things involved in, in the project of colorism between communities, right? Like culture is tied in, enoughness, whatever that means is tied in, intellect is tied in. Um, right? The the more proximate you are to whiteness, then as you said, quality of life is different and that means like you're smarter, you're prettier, you're more talented, mm -hmm. even, if you're not, yeah. even if you're just average, <laughs> right? But you're perceived to be, and and anyway, and so it's a, it's just a very, it's this pernicious and like just ongoing issue um, that continues to be really damaging in these in-group, really mm -hmm. progress for us, I think. Like, how much do you think of a, of a barrier? Um, and we can wrap up with this question, but how much do you think colorism is a barrier in these conversations? Yeah, you know, I think it's a barrier between like being able to, to like, like embrace my, like the family. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it is in a, an intentional divide between all of, all of our blackness and the way that it exists. And so, you know, when I think about the work that I have done and the unlearning that I'm doing, it is like, how do I embrace like all of my sisters, all of my brothers, all of all of the fam? Because there is something about the division that this that society continues to want to divide us. And then we know that there is like a collective strength and power in, in like us uniting. Right. And mm. when we're divided, we can never like be as strong and move forward. And so I feel like the barrier is like us being able to like sit in a room and talk, you know, and have these conversations, very real conversations and and like hear and learn and grow and heal. Like really, I think that the healing, like I'm gonna like shout out the healing because there's so much yeah. healing to be done. 
um, within the community when it comes to, like, it's, it's amazing to me that I, you know, I graduated from high school 20 years ago and I could still feel like like the experiences that I had are true for kids. Like, so if I go back to the mm. the, the statement that I heard this mm -hmm. young lady tell me this year, which was like, what do you like about my outside? When I see girls standing, avoiding the sign, I'm like, we gotta break this. Like, we gotta disrupt this immediately because it is just passing on from generation to generation to generation. And it is, it is, it is truly hurtful. And unless we really talk about what anti-blackness looks like in this country and why it exists and how it exists through the thread of colorism, then I, I wonder how do we move forward. As always, your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, Go to multiculturalclassroom.com. Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.